News Talk's Executive Chair. Delighted to welcome a bit of a legend to the Executive Chair this week, Mr. John J. Teeling. Uh, John, you're very welcome to the Executive Chair. How Thank are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Now, I've, 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 I've built in loads of time to have a good chat with you because there's loads of things I want to <laughs> ask you about. And I, I want to start, uh, you know, with the early days uh, where you grew up. Um, your dad died tragically when you were 14. And I think you were bounced into employment at an early age. Tell yeah, me I'm, more. I'm from Marino originally, uh, and then uh, we moved to Hollybrook Road in Clontarf, where, where my, my daughter still has, has that house. My father died at 46 of a heart attack, which at the time wasn't completely unique, but it was still unusual. And he was an insurance agent. And uh, what choice was there? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he was a commission agent. So my mother tried to take over uh, his book, as it was called, and um, we helped her do that. So we had to do it from 14, but no, so you had to. you went around collecting premium Correct. store Every to episode, Royal Liver Friendly Society. Yeah, God, that's... that's yeah. and, and you were a pupil of St. Joseph's CBS in Fairview, and I believe they... I see they honoured you as their Man of the Year in 2005. So a long connection with that school. It... You know, it was very good to me as, as again, your older guys will remember if, if, if you were seen to be good or were dedicated, the brothers put you into the A class. God help us if you weren't, you were somewhere else. And then you got the best teachers and we did very well over it. I got a university scholarship out of it. Yeah. And um, so from that viewpoint now, it was hothouse education. Uh, they pushed you as far as you could go, which was very good. And and you, you say that you always had the ability to sort of concentrate and focus on the job at hand. And, bless, and that, still that, have it. that allowed you, uh, as you say, uh, uh, go through uh, UCD. You became a lecturer in UCD. And I'm, I'm, I'm really curious around the parallel of, I suppose, the, the stability of academia versus the madness of whiskey, of mining, of like to me, they must be so such different worlds. And yet you ran them in parallel for so many years. It was prestigious. You know, I was in the States uh, doing the MBA when uh, Michael McCormick came to see me. I was very impressed with that for a start and offered me a job in UCD. And and, uh, it was 19 pounds a week. It was nothing. And uh, it, it was a good honour if you were coming from Christian Brothers to be offered a lectureship at UCD, which was all at that stage, uh, yeah. Clongos and Belvo and Black Rock. <laughs> and uh, the commerce degree was known for the rich, you know, the, the Devon Cream degree for the rich and thick type of thing, you know. And uh, very different now. But uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But McCormack and James Meenan assisted me to develop other stuff. I was 21 or 22 and um, they helped me get other things. And the first thing was in the mining as a cons- consultant, a small C in 1969. And um, uh, over time, by 1986, 87, the outside interests were too big. I just couldn't keep it on. So, but it did, it did was, there a, was, there, was there a piece of that that sort of kept you, this was the kind of the, the sort of stable bit of my life in terms of I get paid whatever it is twenty pounds a week well, or yeah, whatever it, got more, it is. It got better over uh, twenty odd years, yeah. But and then you know now that I have that, I bank that, and I can do all this other. At the uh, same time, I was consulting as well. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't. I was doing financial analysis for the mines. That's what it was. Um, and uh, so th- there was income. Yeah, I was always going to do some speculation. One of stuff. the things I wanted to ask you, John, was if you go back to the students that you taught for for from nineteen sixty eight to nineteen eighty eight for a long time you were saying that you know in the old days 80 or 90 percent of them would have uh, 
their ambition would have been to work for one of the big four or whatever it yeah, is. Permanent pension. But now everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. No one wants to work from Did anybody else. Did single change uh, from the 70s uh, and, and even more so now in that you'd have 300 first years and if you ask the question who's going to set up their own business you might have got 10 and put their hands up then. Now if you ask the question you get 290 would put yeah. their hands up. And what do you put that down to? I think a changed environment. Uh, I hope that myself, uh, Frank Roach and John, the late John Murray contributors because we started to do first year, second year, third year courses uh, promoting entrepreneurship and there was a general better acceptance of it and maybe like all entrepreneurship if the opportunities are there people come to take them so yeah. there had to be opportunities Ireland in the late 50s early 60s didn't have a lot of opportunities True, true Now you were involved in 15 exploration ventures since 1983 yeah. uh, w- Is there always a play there with, 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 with exploration and mining as in you get in you develop you get out uh, we uh, should get out. Well, yeah, I don't get out enough. Yeah. There's nearly always a play. Getting out is the yeah, trick. I know, yeah. I know. I've read two or three times. You know, when you discover, that's the time you should sell. Yeah. Uh, because people's expectations and the big companies come in. If you don't and you have to then prove up the resource, you go into the valley of death for about six or seven years yeah. where you're just drilling. But uh, it, look, it was very exciting we, myself and the people who were with me, believed that we could beat the odds, which is a very dangerous thing to believe in. Now, over 35 years, we probably had two or three reasonable hits, but that's about all. Yeah, and uh, but are they enough to sustain, I suppose, a, a bit of a bit of downside in other be, ventures? Um, oh, yeah. God, yeah. You'd make, if you're an initial investor, we're in, you could make anywhere up to 100 times your money. Yeah, yeah. If you get out. Yeah. And uh, But we could do it one now. We haven't had one since 2011, <laughs> so I could do it another one. Um. You, you never, uh, you never actually listed in Ireland. No, uh, with any of the businesses. Uh, why was that? The market wasn't here. Exploration capital, speculative capital, wasn't here at a retail level for a start. And secondly, the institutions now in the seventies, eighties, and maybe even to now, the ones that would probably take them, like the the, the pension funds, the insurance companies. But you won't get VC money in oil or in. Oh, not in, at all. Even in, now, in well, they, well, you wouldn't even get to speak to the porter. Never mind the secretary. Yeah. Um, so it was it was in the UK, and also I think uh, the stock exchange in Dublin was more conservative in its listing. Um, we we went through the the junior markets in the UK now currently it's same but there were markets before that right what do you say to people who say that we've sold off our natural resources and you know all the 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 black gold underneath the western seaboard and all that well, that now, we're giving it to someone else where is it if you tell me I'll drill it please <laughs> please oh uh, um, but you look, know we like, have we haven't got them. I think it's a different matter. If you have a resource, then you can decide what to do with it. But the idea of people who says, yeah, you're giving away the oil that is uh, three, four kilometres in the water and three kilometres in the air, out, 100 miles out in the Atlantic with 100 foot waves. Yeah, that, uh, if you excuse me, that's just bullshit. Yeah. A, a, an undiscovered resource doesn't exist. Yeah, it, so it has no value. It if has you want to, be to keep drilled. it going, drill it yourself. Is yeah, really what you'd be saying. Some people have said the government should do it. I can imagine if if, if they went to the door and said, "I'm going to do a hundred million euro hole," uh, and there's a one in a hundred chance of finding something, they'd lock them up. What about if you look at the UK, particularly off Scotland, off Norway? Uh, the, the 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 oil there transfer transform both those economies. Uh, did Britain not live off North Sea oil for did, nearly two to three decades? It still is. There's, a, there's a, a small recovery in it now as as technology has improved. As I said, they discovered it, and then you can do things. The rules change. I, I listened to a, a, a presentation one day where the man said that the most um, uh, 
politically difficult and uncertain environment was in England because in eight years there'd been 20 tax changes. Yeah. Um, if you have it, you can tax it. If you haven't got it, you can't tax it. You have to find it first. Yeah. It's high risk offshore Ireland, really high risk. Whiskey, let's talk about that for a second because again, that's another, uh, it's another long-term investment and I know you've always used the Benjamin Graham model, yes. which maybe you might explain that for our listeners uh, of investment. It doesn't bear the remotest <laughs> resemblance to, to, to Benjamin Graham, what I've done. Um, a Benjamin Graham model was that you buy shares that are undervalued and you sell them when they go to the value. It's as simple as Logical that. Logical out. And, uh, but we never co- do that. Well, I did for a long time and I have a son, my younger son who does it and we did well from the early 70s in UCD until the mid 80s when then I got delusions that I could build things. Um, what you do is you, it's a Thing called the net net asset model. You work out the net assets per share, um, doing away with all long term, you deduct all long term debt. It's a very hard model. Yeah. And it, in fact, there are some companies, there's one or two in, in, the, in the Dublin stock market at the moment where the cash value per share is above the price. Now that can't last. Yeah. yeah. So either to be taken over or they'll, they'll throw away the cash, but you buy it and if it goes to the cash value, you sell it. It's as simple as that. Whiskey is another interesting. Yes. Uh, it's another interesting space, and again, the the, re, the resurgence of Irish whiskey. Uh, you got into the whiskey business almost by accident. Totally, it was a student paper, which must shock students who are working this weekend to finish a paper uh, on Irish whiskey. I knew nothing about it, and. Um, they marketed it so badly in the States I thought I had to look at why it was. And I thought there was an opportunity because whiskey uses Irish water, Irish air, Irish thyme and yeah. Irish grain and it's all export. Huge value added. Um, I was about, at that stage, about 30 years too early. And then when we went into Cooley in 86, about 15 years too early. The real resurgence didn't happen until about 2001. Young people, nothing to do with me, really. But you played a good waiting game. You got out for 70 million odd, sold it to Beam in 2012. But, you know, again, the length of time that you had to 25 wait. 25 years. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was no quick payday. Uh I was too early. I was wrong in my timing. Um, First 11 years, we didn't make a profit. The payback was 15 years. Now, go to a VC with either of those and you will be committed committed immediately. It is a long-term game and it is capital intensive because you have to mature. Uh, Great to see your sons, uh, Jack and Stephen, uh, again, uh, are you a watchful eye? Do you give them help out with I, the business? I just, I've just come from the distillery in Newmarket. Yeah. It's fabulous to see it up there. Um, they're, they're almost booked solid with tours. All young people. Yeah, wonderful. I mean, ten, oh, it's, 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 it's a pleasure. You go in there and you sit having a cup of coffee and you look at the tourists come through the doors, 20 euro every Particularly week. in a Cash. part of town that never, ha- oh, it's, never it's saw been, a tourist. It's been re- regenerated. They've done a, a fabulous job. It's great to see it. And they run it themselves. I mean, we, we supply them from the other distilleries, but not, not that one. That's and, their own and business. It, how much of that... Uh, tourist activity on site. How important is that to the overall business? I didn't see it, but I think Jack and Stephen did. They believe it, it, it's a brand home yeah. and um, it, it helps abroad. Now, they're getting, they get 150,000 visitors this year, mainly young, 25 to 35. Now, you never invested in property. No. Tell me more. No interest in it. Collecting rents is boring. Yeah. It's as simple as that. No yeah. other reason. No, I uh, get that. No interest in it. Yeah. Uh, and, and do you think... Uh, it, it, and you say what you say there is you need to be interested yes. in whatever you yes. invest in regardless of yeah, what why it else is. would you do it does that mean you're interested in cannabis you were talking about it's that same recently. demographic 
the same demographic. Tell me about the thinking there. 22 to 39, 50-50 is the, is the market for recreational cannabis now in the States. The market for Irish whiskey will shock half your lifters, listeners, lifters, listeners, is 22 to 39, 45% female. Irish whiskey has a fabulous demographic, but it's almost identical to recreational cannabis users. And what's going to happen, there are going to be a range of retail products, including... Um, either CBD or THC and I'm getting technical now infused drinks like water wines beers it's already happening in the States that's what exactly it's happening yeah. including a couple of Irish people involved in it surprisingly so uh, and do you think the you, do you think that could be as good as whiskey if not better oh, it's long term also it's just unfortunately it's long term couple of quick texts. Uh, I had John as a lecturer back in the 80s in UCD. Always a very interesting class. I've followed his career since then. Great to hear him again. Best wishes. from That's from uh, Gary in Summerhill. Another texter says, John was my lecturer in UCD in 1982. <laughs> Real life tutor who walked the walk too. So I maybe should have stayed there. <laughs> but walking the walk. And again, Bang. if you're lecturing students and you're able to talk about what I did yesterday, which was, it gives you real credibility as I, an academic. I have to again come back to, to Michael McCormick and James Leenan who allowed me to do it and I, I believe absolutely fundamentally if you're going to tell students how to do it you have to try and do it and that's really the reason we started uh, building the companies as distinct from speculating on shares. Um, it's like lawyers or medics. Most of them are practici- practitioners yeah. and I think it's the exact same for business. Well listen, uh, one other thing that may, listeners may not have known about you, you played rugby up till the age of 68. Can you believe that? Out in Clontarf, in the front row, age 68. Well you can hide in the front row, remember. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't also, at the level I played, uh, the J7s, um, you probably have some listeners there. This is for fellas with one legs and, and old age pensioners and things like that. It's still going and I had the best of fun. I great? I had great time. And John, tell me about been 50 years in the same office I moved in in June 1969 I moved into an office in Clontarf where I was from uh, to do discounted cash flows by hands the smallest room in the house and I'm still in that office today because I have no reason anything I want is there yeah 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 Uh, so uh, you walk phone. down there and No, it's I actually drive and it's a, a minute and a half away. It's a sinful. <laughs> so that's all the exercise you're getting played out <laughs> yeah, in the rugby um, pitch. Yeah, I know. It's a pity. So what, what, just finally then, John, it's really good to catch up with you. Good to talk to you. And what a, I could talk to you all day. What next? What are you, what, what, uh, besides the cannabis, what else are you well, going to do? kind of having to run the, the, the whiskey because, you know, um, as you would well know, if people want to buy your products, you really have to answer them. We will hopefully, a couple of the resource companies will, will do a little bit better. I'm interested in, in getting into the cannabis sector. It's long term. Also, I think there's a future in, um, they call them synthetic diamonds, but they're natural diamonds. You actually grow them yourself. Wow. It isn't that easy to do. Stay tuned, folks. John Teeling, what a legend. John, great to talk to you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for coming in today. That's all we've got time for today, folks. Huge thanks to John Fardy, our producer, researchers, uh, Martha and Sarah Ruan. Uh, uh, Jojo Peter was actually on sound today. Uh, Jonathan McRae is up next. Uh, Rugby later. Come on, Ireland. Let's see if we can do it. I'm looking forward to it. Have a wonderful Paddy's Day weekend and safe home. See you all.